Hi, guys. I don't know if you can hear me or not. I hope you can. <laughs> oh, my God. If it could go wrong, it is going wrong right now. Um, hi. How are you? What's, what's going on? Can you hear me? You're back. Am I back? Can you hear me? I mean, thank God the radio stations could still hear me no matter what was going on. The radio stations were still connected. And uh, I'm back. Hi. Will the recording have sound? Uh, some of it. Today's podcast is going to be a hot, 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 hot mess. I just, I want to go back to bed right now. Just, I just, I want to pretend like today never happened. And, you know, here we go. That's all I can say right now. I don't know exactly what's going on, but uh, it's a Friday on a Monday. Yeah. Or it's a Monday on a Friday. It's Friday. That's what it is. Friday. Okay. Luckily, we've only got one hour left of this. Fingers crossed that this whole thing holds together. That's all I could say. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see. It's Firearms Friday. I know. The one day that this could have happened, I mean, this could have happened on a Thursday, and I'd have been like, okay, I'd have just killed the stream and just done the radio show directly, which is less fun. I'll be honest with you, it's so weird to do just plain radio and not have you guys chatting in the chat room for me to go bounce off of and take a look at. It is yeah. It's so weird. I mean, I, I, how did I do radio all those years where it was just me in the room doing those things? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, we're coming back into it. And, of course, it crashes again because, of course, it does. Of course, it does. Um, we're getting ready to jump back into it. Um uh, there we go. Right there. Whoop. Uh, okay. We're going to get this, uh, we're going to get this going on here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere. Uh, one more time. One more time. Come on. Here we go. Or as we like to call it, Friday. It's a Monday on a Friday. It's just. <laughs> it has been um this is what happens when you have a low budget radio show right i mean that's you know it it uh something breaks and i got no there's no bunch of uh engineers in the background scrambling around trying to fix it it's me trying to fix it while we're doing things live on the air and uh well the whole thing is just a hot 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 mess this morning but it's friday that's the good news is that it's friday and we get a chance to hang out and uh talk with you and uh and and go i'm excited i'm super super excited so uh thanks for coming in and joining us and being part of the program today firearms friday is of course your chance to sound off on issues of a uh second amendment nature that's what it's all about a second amendment nature we love uh we love having you on board and we love uh getting a chance to chat about well a little bit about everything, a little bit about uh, everything that you could possibly want in regards to firearms. That's what we're all about today. 
Um, the phone lines are not up and available because I'm just the stability is not there, and I hate. I already lost. Uh, I already lost a phone call twice in the middle of the phone call. So let's uh, let's just not do that. Let's not do that, shall we? We'll just keep things. We'll just keep things simple. We'll keep things simple, and it'll be just you and me talking about the things that we want to talk about and uh, uh well it that'll just basically be me talking about the things that I <laughs> that I want to talk about uh and uh we're going to we're going to see what you guys have to say here uh in the chat room or in the email the email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com M E at MichaelDukesShow.com. If you would like to sound off, coming up at the end of the show this morning is going to be Willie Waffle. Willie, don't call me William Waffle, who comes in to discuss with us all the latest and greatest in the entertainment uh, world, uh, entertainment news and streaming and. Uh, New movies that are coming out in the theater. It will be a fantastic time to hang out and all be here together. So feel free to uh, feel free to uh, stick around for Willie to come in and hang out with us here later on in our uh, in this hour hour two. So some other stories that are going on around the country in regards to firearms and the Second Amendment and all that good stuff. Uh, we are ready to uh, we're ready to dive into it here and uh, and figure it out, including uh, this story <clears throat> from Rhode Island. And I know Fred is Fred is probably trying to listen from Rhode Island this morning. and He's having a hard time uh, doing it. Uh, and I apologize uh, for that, Fred. But we'll we'll see what we can we'll see if we can get you squared away. You may be able to comment on this story next week. But in Rhode Island, um, there was a uh, in in 2020, Providence, Rhode Island police officers arrested a uh, a gentleman by the name of Montagilla Montagilla Montaguila Montagilla for a misdemeanor simple assault after an incident involving his firearm at his place of business. Um, on or after November 2nd, 2020, he, he, this charge, by the way, that charge of simple assault was eventually, the charges were dismissed against him. So this was just a simple thing. Uh, and so after it was dismissed, he applied to renew his concealed carry license, which was scheduled to expire uh, in December of that same year, 2020. The application form questioned whether the applicant had ever been arrested and or charged with any offense. He marked both the yes and the no boxes and wrote the see the letter attached. In the letter, he explained what happened with the incident of the simple assault said a guy came into his business, which was a gas station and a detailing shop, and became immediately combative and aggressive towards the staff because they would not perform a certain work for free. Uh, Montagilla said he was clearly under the influence of drugs at the time. He began to throw items off the desk and act very threatening in the store. Uh, Montagilla came out of his office at his employee's request to mediate. He told the gentleman he'd have to leave, and at the time he got very close to my face and shoved me away. He said, at that point, I put my arms around him, uh, around his shoulders and walked him out the door. 
He said, at no point did I strike, hit, or assault this person. He then called the Providence police, falsely reported that I assaulted him without reason, and I was arrested. He closed his letter by stating that the government had already dismissed the charge and that his record was set to be sealed uh, uh, in January of 2021. So he authorized the attorney general to investigate his background and disclose or review all the records and all the information that were pertained to it. Now, one of the things that he left out of his letter was that he did present his firearm during the confrontation because he feared the other man was attempting to retrieve a weapon from his car. That was enough for the attorney general to uh, 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 the, to say, no, you couldn't uh, do whatever. Well, the court, the the courts were not persuaded. The Supreme Court of Rhode Island was not persuaded by the arguments of the attorney general regarding the denial letter and the inferences drawn from the evidence. First, they said the denial letter dated more than 60 days after the dismissal of the assault charge clearly relied on the incident report from the dismissed charges. Specifically, it notes that the incident report included facts that Mr. Mangila uh, did not divulge in his license application and basis the denial of, of Montagila's fail failure to state that he brandished a firearm. However, the omission of the word brandished in describing the incident is not legally competent evidence to support the denial. They also found that in their examination of the records, no evidence to support the denial of Montagilla's licensing application. Nothing contained in the record demonstrates any investigation of Montagilla's uh, fitness to carry beyond contacting the police chief and that uh, notification for Chief Clements that he was not any uh, uh, aware of any basis for denying the application. And nothing before the attorney general suggested that Montagilla acted in anything other than self-defense during the incident. <laughs> they basically go on to say that this was reasonable, that this was reasonable. And this showed that, in fact, he was not going to do anything that that was illegal, that he did everything to the letter. And so um, good, good news for this uh, fellow in Rhode Island. And I think a good news for everybody uh, involved uh, in the state of Rhode Island when it comes to something like this with their... Uh, uh, with their, uh, um, uh, you know, with their court system there and everything else. What a hot, 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 hot mess for those folks to have to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, what, uh, what just a man. I'm glad I don't, I'm glad that I don't live down there. That is 100%, that is 100% for certain. I'm glad that I don't live down there at all. Uh, what else I got here? Um, oh, this was the story that I wanted to, how much time do I have? Uh, this was the story that I wanted to get to. We'll probably have to get to that one after the break. Um, stop equating safety and gun control. Tom Knightington over at Bearing Arms writes a very good piece, uh, on the, uh, on the, on this, this equivocate, what do they, what do they call that? I guess it's equivocation, um, but you know this this basically this the idea that somehow gun control and gun safety um, are the same thing that somehow that if we talk about gun control and gun safety, this is the the, the you know you're equating these two things. Safety matters obviously with firearms. 
and there's a time and a place for all sorts of things, but acting irresponsibly with a gun isn't unlike acting irresponsibly with any other dangerous thing, a car, a knife, a skill saw, a chainsaw, whatever it is. There's nothing, there's no real difference uh, in getting all that stuff squared away. Um, that's something that, <clears throat> you know, you get away with it for a while, but you would, the moment you stop getting away with acting like an idiot is the moment that you or someone else could get killed. But it also produces a problem, uh, when you, you know, we should all be able to rally around that idea, but even if some people disagree, but some people have decided to argue that gun control is safety. Um, some would even try to act like it's, uh, to a such a degree that they've convinced themselves that it's not actually gun control. There's a writer in Nevada who implored, uh, in an op-ed letter in Reno that says, Nevada, let's stop talking gun control and talk gun safety. The writer goes on to say, since 9-11, suicides by military members have set records highs across all services and components, actives, reserve, and National Guard, etc. In fact, more than 30,000 service members and veterans who served since 9-11 have died from suicide. In 2021, the number of active duty National Guard and Reserve personnel suicides alone was 519, down from 582 in 2020. That figure does not include veterans which is now estimated to average nearly 17 people a day who commit suicide. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin released a report on Friday that details the military's proposed response to this vexing problem. It was a detailed study that looked at what strategies would work on military bases to lower the number of deaths. Military doctors, mental and behavioral health specialists, and senior non-com officers all collaborated to prioritize the things that would immediately eliminate suicide. Now, the measures are most, you know, despite the euphemisms about safety in this whole thing, the measures are mostly about gun control, basically restricting any kind of ownership, usage, uh, control of any kind of firearms on base by any uh, military member, uh, in, except for in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the commission of their duties, right, while they're working. They, no private firearm, no nothing. And pretending that this is not gun control is dangerous. I mean, it, it disingenu- I mean, I just disingenuous. Um, it it really blows my mind that this is the idea. Because remember, the the truth is is that it only impacts guns that are sold on base and not those in the town or the surrounding areas, right? I mean, so it doesn't fix the ultimate. I mean, it it does nothing to fix the access problem to firearms in most places. They could go outside the base and get these things. This is a deeper problem, and it has to do, again, with mental health and everything else. And this idea of couching all this phrasing and verbiage in safe gun storage or in background checks or in reducing their ability to... Uh, get access to it and everything else. It's all about, it's it's about the control. It's not really about the safety because those things are not making a difference. All right. Um, <clears throat> we got to go. We're up against the break. So we're going to continue here in just a moment. And uh, we will uh, keep things rolling here uh, right uh, right now. 
We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. You can uh, come join us out on Facebook if you want. Although, your experience today on the radio is probably <laughs> probably much better. Much, be- much better right now. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. I just, I want to take, I'm going to take an, I'm going to take an assault hammer to the, uh, to the streaming PC. (laughs) Oh man. I don't even know what to say at this point. I have never had it act this way. And I don't know if it's just getting to the end of its useful life or what, but, uh, I have never, ever had it act this way. Like just repeatedly disconnect and it's a problem now i mean i'm realizing now that it's a it's not a problem with uh with my internet connectivity per se it's a problem with a computer that adapter something is going on and it is not like in the world so i guess that means um uh what report was that about military and gun control um here is the uh, here is a link to that report, Gary. I'm going to post the link right now in the chat room. There you go. There's the link to the report. And I guess I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the, uh, original opinion piece, uh, as well. This is the opinion piece in the Reno paper talking about it. So there you go. There's all you, uh, there's, there's the report. And then there's the opinion piece talking about, it's all about safety. It's all about safety. Um, I appreciate you 18 people sticking with me through all that. I mean, I can't imagine why you guys have stuck through all this stuff, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to tear everything apart this weekend. I guess there goes my weekend. There goes the weekend, because that will be a 15-hour project for sure, to get everything up and running and squared away and yada, yada, yada. Oh, man. Man, oh man, oh man. I don't know just thinking in my mind here first steps of what i need to try to do i guess new drivers for the board to begin with we'll start there and see where it goes from there how about that what do you think am i in the running in the right direction while we're running the (laughs) you guys don't care i know but i'm just in my brain is running a million miles an hour right now during you know running down the fault tree of all the things that are wrong what's gone wrong how can i fix it how can i make it work what has to change what what gets better what doesn't oh baby we'll see how this looks when it's all said and done 
Uh, I mean, look, the whole thing is held together now for a good 10 minutes. I hate to say anything, but 10 minutes so far without the interrupt, uh, the thing being interrupted. So I guess we're running in the right direction at this point, running in the right direction. Uh, and then we got this one final segment and then it's going to be, uh, then it's going to be me and Willie. Oof. Okay. So hopefully all the audio comes together. Now I'm really worried about it. Now I'm really worried because there's not a damn thing I could do about it if it's broken in the middle of the interview. There's just no, there's no way I can do it. I might as well just throw my hands up and walk away and, and play it for the radio, baby. Play it for the radio. (sighs) Yes, Melody, all the powers that be are against you. No, but if I have God with me, who can stand against me? That's what I say. That's what I say. If he be with me, who could stand against me? That's exhausting, man. It's totally exhausting. Where would I? Oh, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the student loan case. All right. 20 seconds out. Ready to go. We'll see how this whole thing works in just a minute. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense. Oh, I didn't even get the ding. I didn't even. Everything's broken. Everything's broken. Here we go. Back with more. All right. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We, um... We got this final segment here to talk about guns and uh, firearms and all the goodness that's fit to print. And I've got a I've got a discussion point for you. Um, we talked about we talked about Bruin being the gift that just keeps on giving, right? I mean, the Bruin decision is going to be. I mean, that is a bellwether moment. Um, and it is uh, pretty exciting to see. Uh, some of the cases that are coming out, uh, student loan forgiveness is, of course, the big battle in front of the Supreme Court right now. Um, but normally this, you know, normally this would not make a big deal on Firearms Friday. But um, over at Based Politics, Hannah Cox has got a uh, has got a uh, a breakdown of the political implications of the case for the student loan uh, uh, deferment thing, the student loan forgiveness plan. And she writes about this and points out that there are some real world implications if the Supreme Court strikes down the Forgiveness Act. Uh, And she writes, at play in this case is the Major Questions Doctrine, MQD which was mentioned in its first opinion last year, the EPA versus West Virginia. The MQD rule is a new rule of statutory interpretation which essentially says government agencies cannot act outside the bounds of the power Congress has explicitly given to them when the issue at hand carries significant economic or political weight. Student loans and the bailouts of that and the price tag certainly meet the latter part of that significant economic or political weight. Should the court uphold the MQD in this case and rule against the Biden administration's bailout, 
it would not only be the end of the argument on this specific subject, it would represent a significant new reign on governor, government power run amok. It would, be, it would set a precedent in the Supreme Court. Hardly anything, she continues, passes through Congress these days. The legislative body has largely delegated its primary duty of making laws to unelected bureaucrats, the president, and governmental agencies. This means the American people have little representation and little ability to push back on bad government policies. Now, this was part of the heart of the argument in the recent federal court cases where the bump stock ban was overturned because they stated that the ATF did not have the authority because it was not specifically given to them by Congress. In fact, they basically said that Congress had abrogated its authority to the ATF. In, they implicated it was in an unlawful way. The most famous, of course, the bump stock ban was one of the most famous bannings that has come out most recently. Now they're talking about arm braces. But they just simply made up a rule banning a device, calling it a machine gun. This was after years, by the way, of determination letters and, and confirmations from the ATF that it was a total lawful legal product. They just arbitrarily made a rule banning the device, calling it a machine gun. Now, the term machine gun, which is any weapon which shoots, is designed to shoot or can be readily restored to shoot automatically with more than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger. A bump stock doesn't allow you to shoot more than one shot with a single function of a trigger. It just makes it just makes it it speeds up how fast that you your finger pulls a trigger because it bounces against your your it's a bumps it bumps against your finger. So it doesn't even fit the definition of a machine gun, but because the ATF issued a simple rule calling it a machine gun, that was it. So the the point of this is that this case could in in theory throw a larger problem at the bump stock ban, the arm brace ban, all these other things that are just arbitrarily being decided by and, and other agencies. EPA was one we mentioned earlier. Other regulatory agencies who are just promulgating regulations that have no basis in fact, that have no, you know, they have no peer review, they have no input from Congress or anything else. They just do it. This ruling on the student loan forgiveness could have a huge effect on everything else. And I'm kind of, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. Um, all of this hinges on whether the, the Supreme Court uses the major questions doctrine, though, and there's no guarantee that that will happen. They tend to rule fairly narrowly on most things, um, although... Brune was a prime example of how they didn't. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they rule and whether they bring up the major questions doctrine in that discussion. It's something to keep an eye on, and it's a, something to watch uh, as we as we move forward here and uh, and keep an eye. Because, again, the ATF just arbitrarily making decisions w willy-nilly wherever they want, um, it's... It's it's crazy. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, 
I want to talk for just a minute here. Uh, we're going to try and get Dr. John Lott on the program next week to talk a little bit more about some of the articles he's written. His most recent article from yesterday um, is uh, up on The Federalist. I will post a link in the chat room for the handful of people who are still in the chat room this morning because of all of our um, um, uh, because of all of our uh, technical problems this morning. But it's up on The Federalist, and it's written by Dr. Lott, and its title is, If There's a Theme to, Extre- a theme to Extremism-Related Murders, It's Environmentalism. He takes issue with the Anti-Defamation League. Um, he says, The Anti-Defamation League and much of the corporate media are intent on construing any racist as a conservative right-winger, but it's not true. They're all relying on a new report from the ADL, um, the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, All 25 U.S. extremist-related murders last year were linked to right-wing extremists. But Dr. Lott pulls this whole thing apart. He says, look, this thing is fatally flawed. It assumes that every racist is automatically a right-winger. For example, he said 10 of the 25 extremist murders last year was that shooting in Buffalo, at the store in Buffalo. Uh, he said the shooter was anything but a right-winger. He was, uh, a, he was just yet another mass murderer motivated by inventrum, uh, environmentalism. He said in his write-up explaining the attack, the Buffalo shooter labeled himself as an eco-fascist national socialist and part of the mild, moderate, authoritarian left. He worried minorities have too many children, and that damages the environment. He said the invaders are the ones overpopulating the world, kill the invaders, kill the overpopulation, and by doing so, save the environment. He was a rabid environmentalist. He hated capitalists, who he believed were destroying the environment or were the root of much of the problem. I don't hear much of a right-wing, you know, right-wing extremist in that. Then you had the Colorado Springs shooters, which accounted for five more murders. He shot up a, 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 a an LGBT bar, right, that he had hosted. Uh, the ADL reports noted, uh, noted that he hosted a white supremacist website, which people falsely identified as right wing. But the report conveniently leaves out that the murderer was non-binary and used the pronouns they, them. Hardly something done by right-wing conservatives in all these other things. Uh, Dr. Lott goes through and he just, he, he does a very good job of highlighting all the problems that we're seeing in all this stuff and why you can't always believe everything that you are told, I guess, as you go through here. All right. Uh, we're coming up on the break. Willie Waffle is, uh, we're closing out Firearms Friday for today for Gun Talk, and we're going to pick it up with our lighter side for the weekend, and that is Willie Waffle bringing us the weekend entertainment review, the news, and more. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more Willie Waffle right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. All right, well, 16 of you in the chat room. Everybody say hi. Everybody who's here still, there's 16 of you, say hi. Hi. How you doing? I want everybody. Don't lurk in the background. 
Let me know you're hanging out. Give me a thumbs up. Do something. Make a face at me. Send me an emoji. I don't know. Whatever you got going on. God, I hate to say it. I feel like I need a drink this early on a Friday morning. <laughs> Not really, but I just like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Gary, Debbie, Jeffrey, Tawny, Teresa. Hello. Good morning to all of you. There's there's four of the 16. Brian's in the chat room as well. All right. That's right. Send me your favorite emoji. Uh, <laughs> it better not be the poop emoji. That's all I'm saying. It better not be the poop. Yeah, no. This is uh, drinking. Yeah, this is a great day for some day drinking. Yeah, that's I'm... That's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, 7.39 in the morning. Is that too early? I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. I mean, when you're just, I'm nervously just like watching every little tick. If something slows down, it doesn't load properly right away. I'm like, wait a second. What's going on? Is it going to work? Is it going to work? It's all good. Rum chata and coffee. Oh, shut up. Richard, oh, you're an evil, evil man. I mean, I was just thinking about a little Bailey's in my coffee, but you're like rum chata and coffee? Ooh, that hits the spot. Rum chata is so good. Oh, man. Oh, I'm not much of a rum drinker, but that rum chata is delicious. It is very de- What did my wife make with that? She made something. Um, she made something with rum chata one time and I was like, oh, we got to have that again. And I've already forgotten what it was. So mind like a steel trap right here. Got it all. Yeah. Irish coffee, little Irish whiskey and coffee. Although I'll be honest with you. I prefer, uh, I prefer like a Bailey's in my coffee. That's, you know, when you think, when you say Irish coffee, that's what I think is Bailey's Irish cream and coffee. Although technically an Irish coffee is just coffee with Irish whiskey in it. Um, I'm here to help. It's also good with root beer. He says <laughs> root beer and rum chata. Mm, that's an interesting flavor combination that I would have never picked in my lifetime. I uh, might have to try that. Might have to try that out. That's good. All right. Coming up on Monday, uh, Rob Myers is coming back to dissect with us some of the uh, the fiscal things of where we're going in the future. And I'm hoping to get an email today from Calvin Schrage, who uh, tried to call in yesterday on the program. And uh, anyway, it didn't, didn't work out. So we're going to try and uh, uh, see if we can get him in on Monday on the first hour. And we'll work on that. Uh, and then Tuesday and then Wednesday, Mike showers back Tuesday is Brad Keithley, Chris story. Got, I got a lot of big part of the week next week already kind of carved out. We're working on getting Jamie Allard on the program as well. That'll be fun. And I want to have more inter. I'm trying to get more interviews with like, uh, like I said before, Mark Cameron, you know, the Alaskan author who writes for the Tom Clancy franchise. I want to get more, you know, people like that, more authors, more local folks. Cause that's just kind of fun. It's kind of fun to, to hear that. And talk with those people. Um, I should get Ukulele Russ on the program. Alaskan musician. He's amazing. He's so much fun. He's so much fun. So, um, that would be a good, uh, that would, that would be a good interview. Maybe I'll reach out to Russ and see what he's doing. See if he's, he's not on his tour yet. I know that. Well, official tour. But he might be getting ready. 
he moved down to Talkeetna here <clears throat> recently from uh, up in uh, north of Fairbanks, which, uh, I mean, as much as I love the people in Fairbanks, it's a good move. It's a good move. <laughs> Moving down here into the banana belt is always a little easier. What did Larry say? It was 12 below. Um, it's 14 degrees here. Uh, it's 14 degrees here in uh, in uh, Wasilla. So <laughs> it's a 25 degree difference. I'm happy. I'm happy, happy, happy that this is where I'm at, <laughs> that I don't have to mess with that because what a hot, 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 hot. Ugh, I just, I can't imagine. I don't want to be. In the, uh, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I've reached that age where I, I'm not afraid to admit I don't like the super cold. Uh, I mean, my parents are still up there; they're living through it. God love them. I just choose not to do that. It just the super cold stresses me out. It really does because it's not necessarily the cold being cold; it's all the things that the super cold brings with it. You know, high heating oil prices, stuff breaking. Cars breaking down, you know, all that kind of, it just, that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy on this. Okay, uh, we got to go. I got to flick the lights on. Willie's here. We're about to jump into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Hi there, ho there, hey there. Hey, what did you just... What did you just call me? I, I Anyway, hey, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. It is Friday, and it's the weekend. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com, uh, is waiting in the wings. In fact, let's usher him in to the broadcast. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm all about the weekend, man. I'm feeling good about the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's just something. There's just something so sweet about the weekend. I don't know what it is, but I like it. All right. Oh, I do too. Let me tell you, you know what I love more than anything else? What's that? Friday night. Friday Fr- night, man. <laughs> Friday you, night. You get home. You got the whole weekend in front of you. Yeah. There's no pressure to do anything. You just sit back and you go, yeah, I earned the next two days it's a party and you're invited that's what it's all about um all right uh well willie let's um let's get started here uh let's i don't know where do we want to start off i guess we could start off with uh more legal problems for alec baldwin and rust it's firearms friday so let's talk about a little bit of that firearms crime uh or mischief or criminal neglect that went on what's the what's the new story well, and that's the thing that we we've been talking about as this as this all has unfolded. The, we were like everybody and everyone is going to be suing here. There is going to be more legal fees involved with this thing. The, the, the legal fees will probably exceed the budget of the movie. And so now this week, three crew members got in on the legal action. So they have filed a lawsuit against Alec Baldwin and the other producers, alleging that they have suffered from anxiety and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder since the tragic incident happened in October of 2021. All three of these people, one was a key grip, one was a set costumer, and one was a dolly operator. They were all close to the shot when it was fired. They claim they suffered blast injuries due to the deafening, quote, deafening sound of the shot that was fired. Uh, What does that translate to as far as uh, real... American dollars. What do you think? 
Uh, you know, it depends. I mean, I, I could see each one of them going for a million plus, I would I would think. I mean, you know, think about it. They're going to argue, hey, you know, you've ruined my life going forward, and that's worth something. That's not that's not $20,000, and uh, we'll send you a signed autographed picture of Alec Baldwin. Right, right. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a problem. The other thing, too, hey, let, let's, let's, let's talk turkey, baby. If you're Alec Baldwin, your number one concern in this whole matter is whether or not you're going to jail. Yeah. And you might just be willing to settle with these three people to ensure that they don't testify against you down the road. Oh, that might be a part of the, yeah. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Well. Because they were there. Yeah, they, they were, were there. They were witnesses. I think they have to be compelled to test. I mean, I think, I don't think that you can, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a legal beagle, but I have a feeling that they can be compelled to testify and he can't guarantee their silence with, uh, Unless they all take the fifth, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, well, what 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 that testimony goes from is I can't believe how reckless he was to. I remember Mr. Baldwin being very careful. Well, that well, yeah. Again, again, not the legal way, but maybe it's the expeditious way, right? That's what we we're looking yeah. for there. Um, all right, um, movie theaters—they are still the biggest losers uh, because. I mean, they're record-breaking movie performances, record-breaking, billion-dollar movies, and still they're losing money. Yeah, and I think this shows you that there's just no depth to the uh, the performance of other movies. It's either a big, massive blockbuster or it's losing money. And that's what you're kind of seeing with AMC movies. So they, they came out with their quarterly announcement this week, and they announced that, yes, they're still losing money. But what really was shocking is they lost more money this year than last year. And last year, we were a little bit more in the – or last year, what, I sh- what I'm saying is in 2022 – they lost more money than they lost in 2021. And in 2022, right. we thought things were a little bit better and more open and people were doing things. Well, you know, even even though we had Avatar 2, you know, it, which is now what, like the number three movie of all time, uh, AMC said that, yeah, they their revenues were down 15% uh, from 2021 to 2022. And, the, and their losses were like 287 million Ooh. which was which is like like exceeded their their fourth quarter loss in 2021 which was 134 million wow. so whoa yeah yes. exactly so like an 80% increases in losses and you're wondering why places like uh, Regal Theaters and stuff are closing theaters across the country because they just they can't yeah, do it and- and Regal's parent company filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, you know, I mean, th- 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 I mean, it's just it it's 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 bad. And and you know, th- th- this is where movie theaters are really suffering because you know, yeah, you hear that. Oh, yeah, they they had this. Uh, they had Avatar and it made like two billion dollars. And oh, Ant Man made a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend. But what you're not hearing is is like those second tier movies, those third tier movies. They're just tanking. A movie like Marlowe, which I, I don't even think it made five million total in its release. And it's a Liam Neeson movie. Yeah. You know, at least that would have made maybe twenty or twenty-five over time. Right, right. And, and that's what's killing movies. That's what's killing movies. Well, theaters. yeah, putting out crap movies definitely doesn't help. So the question doesn't is help. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, do the movie theaters I mean, does this give them some leverage with the movie studios to renegotiate that we you know you make money for six weeks and we make money on the other end of it or does is it just mean that theaters are closing and all movies are going to streams except for a few select theaters well i think i think amc has already tipped its hand how they're going to try to make their money back premium seating 
Oh, you want to sit in the middle? <laughs> right, we'll right. We talked about that. More. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And and I think that 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 really is their only their only gambit right now because it, they can get that extra two dollars for the big movies, you know, because people are going to want to go to those. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to make the extra two dollars on Marlowe. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that's too bad. Um, all right, let's uh, move over to live comedy. Chris Rock um, has got the big live comedy show on Netflix, and it's getting even bigger. It's, it's star-studded, and it's got live stuff going on around it. It's not only the stream, but it's got some live stuff to it, too. Give me the rundown. Yeah, Netflix is going all in. You know, while other streaming services have been showing things live, Netflix hasn't done very much of this. And they want to get in the business and they want to show that they can do this. So Chris Rock is doing a live comedy show on Netflix Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you know, and yes, he's going to do a lot of jokes about uh, Will Smith and the Oscars. No doubt about it. Well, right. you know, it, it's more than just the comedy special now. So Netflix is going to have a pre-show special at like 9.30 Eastern, and that's going to feature Amy Schumer, Arsenio Hall, Leslie Jones, and Jerry Seinfeld. Holy cow. Uh, and then they're going to yeah, do, a, then they're doing big. a post-show with more people, right? Yeah, so the post show is going to be hosted by David Spade and Dana Carvey, who do, do a big Saturday Night Live podcast right now. And they have they have already said that they're going to have on J.B. Smoove and noted comedian Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> well, and unfortunately... When I think comedy, yeah, I, I think of Kareem, okay? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, 10 p.m. Eastern is 6 p.m. Alaska time, so that the pre-show is going to be playing at 5.30 p.m., which is, I yeah. mean, I guess we could all be home at 5.30 on a Saturday night. I mean, we are old, right? So, But uh, I probably well, will watch the streamed show itself, though. Well, that's the catch here. So they're going to they're gonna be able, you're going to be able to get the, the Chris Rock show on the stream, okay? Like, it's going to be on Netflix. If you don't watch it live Saturday night live or Saturday, you can watch it Sunday. You can watch it Monday. You can watch it whenever you get around to it. But the pre-show and the post-show are going to be live only. You right. watch it or you miss it, which is a very interesting move by Netflix, which, you know, right up until now, they've always said that, you know, hey, watch it when you get to it. Right. We we want you to just see it. And now they're saying you're getting one chance or it's gone. Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to see how that goes. All right. We got three movies up. Uh, we got about two two minutes per movie here. So uh, Creed Three, Operation Fortune, and Daisy Jones and the Six, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Daisy Daisy Jones and the Six, the new Amazon Prime series. You know, you've got three episodes this week, and then one new one every Thursday after this. Uh, I think I, I think they're doing ten total, and it's set up like almost like remember VH1 had that behind the music uh, documentary series right. where they talk to the bands about things that happened in the past. Well, that's what this this whole series is set up like. You know, the Daisy Jones and the Six were this big band in the seventies. Uh, it's based on a book, and the, and the guy who wrote the book always said the influence was. Really Really Fleetwood Mac, the idea that you know you right. had these characters in this massive band that was bigger than any other band in the world, and uh, you know we we learned that they they had this horrible falling out in 1977, and nobody really knows why. And the the whole series is looking back at how the band got together, how they rose and fall, and and interviews with the band members telling their sides of the story. All fictionalized, uh, you know, it's a, right? It's all fictionalized. All fictional. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Totally. Um, totally. 
I, no, I, but I think it's uh, yeah, an interesting series. No, well, it's an interesting series. The, the thing that really makes it interesting is Daisy Jones is played by Riley Keough. Okay. And if people don't know that name, that is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I saw yeah. the trailer for it and I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't, I just, you know, I don't think I'd watch it even if it was Fleetwood Mac. I, I don't know. It's just not, that's just not something that piques my interest, you know. But, I mean, some people, they love, like, the documentary kind of things. But this is a docudrama, docu-mockument. I don't even know what, what you'd classify it as. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it because it's it's really all fictional. A fictionary, I don't know. But, you know, I think it's interesting. I think the problem with the series is that a lot of stuff happens but I don't feel like I'm seeing much of a story. Right. And I think that's the hard part. But Riley Keough is very, very good. Okay. Uh, you know, playing this 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 central character who is just all pizzazz and all star. I mean, I'm going to say two and a half waffles. I think you got okay. a, a solid series if you want to check it out. All right. Okay, we can go with that. So what's next? Creed or Operation Fortune? We'll do Operation Fortune, and I can't pronounce the entire title. It's like Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre or whatever French yeah. that is. Rue de Guerre. And, uh, Rue de Guerre. Rue de Guerre. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's really it's Jason Statham being Jason Statham. Okay, people. Yeah. You know, here he is. He's this big super spy. He's teamed up with other spies around the world to take down a weapons dealer played by Hugh Grant, who's got some big massive weapon that nobody wants out there in the world, and they come up with a plan. That involves a ruse with one of Hollywood's biggest actors, played by Josh Hartnett. And, uh, you know, it's a goofy, funny comedy, okay? You know, I think Jason Statham is underrated as a comedian. I think oh, yeah. that, you know, he is just, he's just great at delivering the straight line and the yeah. frustration oh, yeah. and, and the reactions that the audience has. And Aubrey Plaza is in here as one of the people who's part of the spy group. And, uh, you know, I just love her droll, kind of just dry humor oh, yeah. delivery. No, she's yeah, amazing. This she... is like, yeah, there's like two and a half waffles. That's good. I mean, I will say yeah. Jason Statham has got that dry humor. There's two Guy Ritchie movies that I, I could watch again and again and again, and it's Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Those two movies, yeah. just they take that dry humor uh, with Guy Ritchie's film style, and it they're just hysterical. Um, well, but, then you're going to be really excited because guess who's the director of this movie? Guy Ritchie. I know. That's a Guy Ritchie. <laughs> I know. Baby. That's what I'm liking it. That's <laughs> why I'm excited about it. All right. In theaters, Operation Fortune in theaters, Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon Prime. Willie Waffle, thanks, my friend. I appreciate you coming on board. Hey, you got it, man. Next week, it's Scream 6. Ah, my wife will be excited. Folks, we're out of time. We will see you on Monday. Rob Myers, our guest. It's going to be fun stuff. We'll see you then. Okay. Um... Yeah, you know, Creed, I, I don't know. I mean, so you'll have to fill me in on the backstory here real quick because, I mean, I watched, you know, I watched Rocky and I know Apollo Creed mm -hmm. and everything. Is this Apollo Creed's son? Is that is that the story yes. here? Is that the whole backstory? Yep. So the story was he was kind of like Apollo Creed's illegitimate son uh, who never he never was raised in all the riches and 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 the the every good thing that happened in Apollo Creed's life. And, uh, you know, he was coming up through the ranks and he was a young boxer 
and uh, he reached out to Rocky, and, and Rocky trained him and helped him become a champion. And, and now he's gone off on his own, and you know, we had the, the, the last movie, now we've got this third movie. Uh, you know, so it really is uh, in a continuation of the Rocky story, but with these new characters. And, and Michael B. Jordan has, has always just been a really good actor. Yeah. And, and he's oh, yeah. truly made, uh, he's made this, this creed, uh, you know, just one of those great boxing heroes uh, not just for the boxing, though. I mean, just for the character that he's brought to him and right. the drama he's brought to him and the strength that he's brought to him. And all that's on display here. And then on top of it, Jordan directs the movie. Ooh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. So three and a half waffles. Um, I will say this. I want to go back to Operation Fortune again. Guy Ritchie. I think Guy Ritchie is one of the most underappreciated directors in the yeah. last 50 years. I really he's done some good movies. Don't he has he's had opportunity, but I just think he's unsung. That guy right when he directs a movie. Uh what did I watch? What did I watch here recently? Wrath of Man. Um which Ooh. is another Jason Statham movie where his son is killed in an uh, armored car heist and he goes undercover. He's a gangster and he goes undercover to try and root this thing. I mean it's just it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Uh, but like I said, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, uh, all, just, all these Guy Ritchie movies are so good. I have not seen one that I did not like. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to this next one here to see uh, what what it, uh, uh, you know, what it what comes out of it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it uh, on the streams. What have you been watching? Besides Picard? I know you've been watching Picard. Well, uh, yes, yeah, Star Trek Picard. And then this week was the premiere. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. The Mandalorian. Oh man, he's uh, back, baby. Oh, is it? Is it season on season three? Is it on the stream now? Is it the first? They dropped the yep. first episode. Okay, all right. They well. dropped the first episode on Disney Plus on Wednesday morning. Yes, I woke up Wednesday morning <laughs> early to watch it because this is the way. And oh, uh, yes, we we see that uh, that uh, you know Grogu, Baby Yoga, Yoda, and uh, and the Mandalorian have been reteamed, and they have a mission. And and I think I can tell you this. It's not giving anything away. The Mandalorian, he wants forgiveness. He wants to be made whole again because he removed his helmet. Yeah. And the only yeah. way he can do that is traveling to the Mandalorian uh, homeworld and bathing in the waters below the Mandalorian mines. But uh, Mandalore has been destroyed, so that might be hard. Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot I of backstory. Yeah, it. there's a whole lot of backstory <laughs> to that stuff. Uh, yep. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd, so he's actually from a sect called the Death Watch, who were mm -hmm. fanatics, and they were never removed. Regular Mandalorians removed their helmets all the time, but this this one group right, got. Right. <laughs> they're like, no, you can never take your helmet off, and it was just like weird. So it's like this cult thing, and I thought, well, maybe he's out of it now, and you got the. You got Kara, what's her face? Uh, you know, she's playing the other Mandalorian. And anyway, I'm I'm excited to see it. I really am, because it is probably one of the best Star Wars uh pieces that has come out probably since Rogue One. Uh, I think Rogue One yeah. was the best thing since Return of the Jedi. And then, you yep. know, and then it's and then it's the Mandalorian. It's just such a good piece. But I'm looking forward to it. I started rewatching. I hate to say this again. I started rewatching uh -oh. The Expanse again. Um, I just <laughs> nothing wrong with. I that. know one night. One <laughs> night, my wife was not feeling good. She went to bed early. It was a Friday night or something. I had like three hours, and so I just started watching The Expanse again. Oh my! I'm in the season four again. It's just it's so amazing. If you haven't watched it, if you like space, if you like 
kind of the geopolitical warfare kind of uh, wholehearted alien tech. I mean, it's it's just it's amazing. So that's my uh, that's my and you've never seen it, right? Or have you watched some? I've not seen it. I, I I've been uh, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> I can't remember the last time you actually watched anything that I recommended. <laughs> I just can't even it's remember. Very hard. I, there's so many things that just keep flying by. I feel like I, yeah. I'm just holding on to a train that's running down the yeah. tracks. Well, that's okay. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week. Folks, that is it. We will see you Monday. Rob Myers is going to be with us and maybe Calvin Schreggy. We will see you then. Have a great one. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show